Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. If you've ever heard the term macro dieting or eating for your macros and thought to yourself, that sounds like way too much math, then today's podcast episode is for you. I'm talking to registered dietitian Emily Field, who has been working in the field of macro dieting and working with many clients on how to be able to eat so that they're not overthinking it, that they're eating enough, and that they're feeling great about the food that they're eating, all through using this macro dieting approach. Now, interestingly, a couple of years ago, Emily Field went totally viral based on a comment that she made about hamburgers, and she kind of became labeled as the hamburger dietitian. She had said that it's better to eat two hamburgers as opposed to eating hamburgers and fries because of the macro combination that is in the hamburger. It has the protein, the fat, and the carbs, as opposed to having way more carbs than maybe most people need by taking the carb and hamburger approach. You'll understand more of what all of that means as we dive in today's episode and talk more about what is eating for your macros, what are macros, how do they affect your body, and what about other things like meal timing or eating super clean foods or following a vegan diet or a paleo diet. We address all of those today. So, Be sure to listen to this episode and stick around to the end where I give you my three key pies takeaways. Hey, my name is Kimberly Beam Holmes, and this is It Starts With Attraction, where we discuss how to become the most attractive that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as us insiders call it, the pies. You can become more attractive to others and most importantly, to yourself. We will teach you how. Let's dive in. If you've ever wanted to know what your attractiveness score is, then I have a free guide that you're going to want to go and download. Now, I'm going to tell you that this isn't going to be like those quizzes or surveys or tests that you see online that are like, how hot are you or how sexy are you? Because I think those end up making people feel worse about themselves at the end than ever before. This free attraction assessment guide that I have created is a no gimmicks, truthful and honest representation of how you can assess yourself and see the areas of attraction that you feel most confident in and the areas of attraction where you need opportunity for growth. It's not going to be done in a way that makes you feel worse about yourself, but is going to give you real tools and tactics that you can begin to implement after you know which areas you should focus a little more on and which ones you're already slaying. You can go and get your free guide at itstartswithattraction.com. You'll see the opt-in form in the lower right-hand corner, and it'll be emailed to you immediately. I can't wait to hear about your results and your scores and the way that you decide to make some changes in your life so that you can be the most attractive that you can be. Go and get your free guide at itstartswithattraction.com. So what got you into wanting to be a registered dietitian? How did you get into this space? So I... 
early on knew that I wanted to either be, I wanted to help people help themselves. And so that kind of narrows down the fields that you would go into and nutrition always stood out to me. I had my own struggles with food and my own struggles with my body and found, um, you know, several podcasts and books and things like that very early on for me to kind of like, um, explore nutrition. And then I decided at college, I was like, this is what I'm going to do my life. This is how it's going to go. And, um, you know, it truly is nutrition and nutrition education is helping people help themselves. And I love that. Um, you know, I love being able to help people make small steps and improve their health and watch that change over time. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where it started. That's so good. I think that when people have a, a story of like personal background into mm-hmm. what they do, it just drives that passion for it even more. Absolutely. It was like, you know, and even becoming a dietitian, you know, in order to become a dietitian, it's four years of undergrad and then you have to match for an internship that's very, very competitive. And then you have to complete 1200 hours of supervised practice and then sit at an exam. So it's a lot of hoops to jump through. And what was the most frustrating thing for me was that I couldn't see the role modeled that I wanted to do. So I I knew Mm. I wanted to do nutrition. I do. Mm. I knew I wanted to help people in this way, but, um, and having the credentials after my name was really, really important to me. Um, but I just never saw the role modeled to me. And what I realized is that I just had to become my own boss and I had to, um, do it on my own terms. And that, you know, that comes from a lot of growth and it comes from a lot of self-exploration, but I can truly say now that I'm living the life that I always dreamed that I wanted to have. And like, I'm, I'm living my passion every day. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there are, a certain amount of diet dietitians, even though they're registered dietitians, that the advice that they give or the mindset that they follow is more destructive than helpful. Yep. So, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, in my lane, I'm extremely successful with the clients that I help because they resonate with my message and similar Similarly, in another lane, other clients will be extremely successful with a different practitioner that has a completely different approach to nutrition. So I can't pass judgment on whether or not that that is an actually helpful approach or not, because for their clients, it might be. And so that's why I really like to, I think there's room for everyone here at the table. I think there's a bajillion ways you can teach nutrition. And that's great because there's a bajillion ways that you can learn nutrition and resonate with nutrition messaging. So I want to help my lane of people the best that I can so they can be extremely successful. And I'm going to let them do the best that they can over there in their lane. Um, so I, I, I appreciate that there's, you know, I, I think we um, oftentimes wrap nutrition up in a different bow than we wrap up like doctors or chiropractors, massage therapists. I don't know what it, whatever it might be. There's specialties in every single health practice practice out there. And the same thing goes with nutrition. So not, there is no one size fits all. There is no like harmful or unharmful, you know, it really, you know, they're not, we're not all, we're not going into business. We're not going to practice to harm people. Um, it's, you know, it's just like a, just a different approach. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love, so I love people like you where you're not rigid about it, right? You're, you're like, even just this growth mindset of how you're talking about it. There's room for everyone at the table. There's people I'm not going to connect with. There's people I am Mm -hmm. as just as a business owner, you, that is how to respond to it. Like you don't want to try and please everyone and get all the clients because your Mm -hmm. product's not going to work for every single person. It's going to be exhausting for me. I mean, you probably (laughs) live that too. It's like, there are people that want to work on their marriage and there are people that don't want to work on their marriage. And clearly you want the people with the growth mindset and like, they want to receive the tools. Same thing with me. I want them to be able to receive the tools with open arms and try them out on their own. And they'll, they'll be successful if they do. Yeah. 
So in how you approach nutrition and the clients you work with, your main strategy, the main thing you push would be what? I would call it a macros approach. We also call it flexible dieting. So macros refers to macronutrients in our food, which is essentially the large nutrients that make up all of our food. So all of our food is made up of proteins, fats, and carbs. And my approach is asking you to track those macronutrients in order to eat um, what your body needs nothing more, nothing less. Um, so for your goals, which may be ranging from weight loss to weight gain, to hormone balance, to improved athletic performance, building muscle, losing fat, you can manipulate your diet and manipulate what you eat, um, from a macros approach. So how many proteins, fats, and carbs you get per day in order to manipulate those outcomes. Um, so I usually like to compare this to calorie counting, which is what a lot of people are familiar with. Calorie counting would be the umbrella, um, um, kind of like less precise way of going about, um, changing your body shape and size. So you can, what you can do with calorie counting is gain weight, lose weight, or maintain weight. That's all you can do. If you track macronutrients, which are a subset of your calories, they make up your calories they make up your food. You have a whole gamut of things that you can manipulate. And I mentioned some of them earlier, but essentially lean muscle gain, fat loss, weight loss, um, weight gain, hormone production, how full and satisfied you are after meals, how well you sleep, your energy. So as you can see, we can pull levers a little bit differently by using a macros approach, a very precise and specific approach for you individually versus maybe a calorie counting, a meal plan, a sweeping blanket food rule um, that would really only be able to pull one lever. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Do you think, especially from the clients that you've worked with, that it's harder to follow a macro plan versus a calorie counting plan, or is it easier? Um, uh, I don't even know. Like, I think maybe in the beginning, yes, there are multiple things you're looking at, but I think the growth that happens from you tracking your food and keeping an eyeball on three things, proteins, fats, and carbs teaches you so much more about basic nutrition and asks you to tune in so much more to how you feel, look, and perform more so than a calorie approach. So yes, you're only having your eye on one thing with a calorie approach, but you might be lost as to why you feel like crap. You Mm. might be lost to why you're like, I'm under my calorie goal, but I don't feel great or I'm not performing well. I'm not sleeping well. And you wouldn't have any idea why that's happening. But in a macros approach, not only are you going to have um, less of that happening because you're going to have a balanced um, makeup of your food. Um, You're going to have balanced meals. You probably feel a lot more full and satisfied and energized for everything. Um, But I would say, yeah, there's definitely a learning curve. And like with anything that's worthwhile, like we don't learn this stuff in school and you're learning new tools and you're doing things differently, there's a, there is definitely a learning curve, but I would say it pays off in a, so many ways by the end, you know, when it's like kind of automatic for you. Yeah. And there's probably apps to make it easy too. Mm-hmm. Right. So the only, I, I love, I love like thinking about like, what would my life be if I was like, born like 20 years earlier right. and I had to wait for somebody to come through my brick and mortar, like yeah. um, a storefront, you know, office and like hope that my messaging resonates. Not only that, but also with technology, we have um, at our fingertips, the the internet and several, several apps to make this easier. So from barcode scanning your food labels to really extensive food libraries that exist in these apps now, like it is pretty quick. Um, I usually like to tell my clients like your future state 
you know, this might take a little while in the beginning. It might take some planning and prepping and like kind of finagling with your app. But like where I'm at right now is 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day of just like pre-planning in the morning, kind of mapping out what I might eat or even the night before kind of mapping out what I might eat or in the time that I'm about to build a bowl for myself for breakfast, like it's already logged in in less than five minutes. So it does become very automatic. And um, just because same thing, like if you think about Instagram, you think about Facebook, like how clunky you were in the beginning. Now it's yeah. like so easy to, to um, play around with. Yeah. So if someone's wanting to get started tracking their macros is there a particular, is there a universal formula everyone starts with? Oh, that's a really good question. And no, there's not. So um, there are several sites. So for example, if somebody's like just curious about macro tracking, they might just die like, Google like macros for me or macros for weight loss or macros for fat loss or something like that. And they're going to come up with a ton of different ways to, to calculate your personal macro needs. Um, as a dietitian and somebody who's been working with clients for, you know, individually like five to seven years at this point, um, I have refined my own formula. And again, this is a practice. This is like what I know to be true for my, um, for my type of client. Um, so I'm taking the, the more variables that you can input in a formula, the better. So if there's only asking you for height, weight, and your goal weight, it's very little information there and you will get a very generic prescription versus something like my formula. And what I'm asking my clients to provide is height, weight, age, sex, what you like to eat, um, any, like, what are your type of activity do you like to do? Um, what are your goals, you know, and what, what is your dieting history? What does your health history look like? So the more variables you have, the more targeted that prescription can be and the easier it can feel to hit it. So for example, if you like go on a general Google search, you might find a, a formula and input your information and it might feel like an astronomically high number of protein and an astronomically low number of fat. And that feels impossible. And you're like tracking, you're like, I just don't know how this can work. Like, I don't know how I can actually eat out. I don't know how I can like have a normal breakfast. I'm all of a sudden eating these foods that are Frankenstein-y and I just don't, I don't like it. Like that can be people's first experience of macro tracking. And that, that's, that sucks. I feel bad for them. <laughs> Um, so I love when they're able to kind of find me and find a professional that um, has worked with this for a really long time. And I really, the goal is that you're following a prescription that feels right to you. Um, you are able to enjoy the foods you like to have. Maybe that's higher fat, maybe that's higher carbs, something like that. Um, you know, if you're vegetarian, it fits within you, like what you like to eat, because if you like the way you eat, you're going to continue to do it. And then you're going to yeah. see the results because we know this change doesn't happen in four weeks. It happens over months and years. Yeah. Now in that, so you want them to eat the things they like to eat. Um, so (laughs) take me and my husband, for examples. So Mm -hmm. I have had, you know, an eight to 10 year journey of, I love food. I love nutrition. I've gotten to a point where, you know, I eat like very clean, very little sugar, no gluten. I enjoy that. So there's some people who I meet and they're like, Oh, like I could never live without bread. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't know how to convince you not to. And I don't know that I should, because it's what I like. It's what's for me. Mm -hmm. And there's my husband who like total opposite. He is the fast food junkie, like loves all of that stuff. And he, he's, gone into this mindset of like, I just need to track my macros. But so take us as two examples. So if I were to track my macros, I'm going to be eating different foods than he would eat. 
But would mm-hmm. we both end up getting the same, not the same results, but the Absolutely. results? Absolutely. I love this question. And yes, the answer is if the macro prescription is written for you to say you wanted to lose fat and he also wanted to lose fat. So we're saying there's a calorie deficit. You're um, eating mm-hmm. a little less than what you need, but still enough. Like we don't, we're not, this is never drastic. Yeah. Um, yes. It doesn't matter what you're eating. Um, you can still achieve the results. And I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds crazy that you could be eating fast food and also lose weight or lose fat. And you could be eating all organic, no sugar, all whole foods and lose fat. Essentially what the difference in experience is going to be is he's going to have to eat a lot less food volume. So he might be only able to eat um, one or one and a half meals of fast food. And you're having three to four to five big big meals because you like the, um, we say it's kind of like budgeting, like how far can your dollar go? How far can your macro go? And with whole real foods, you're going to find out very quickly that your macros can go a lot longer. You can have a lot bigger meals for that same PFC, that same, um, macro prescription. So yes, while he can enjoy those foods and maybe that is worth it to him, maybe it's worth it to him to have those foods and work that into his macros, but maybe even without you telling him to change his eating habits, he will naturally change his eating habits because he wants his macro buck to go a little farther. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And what makes even more sense is what he, his, um, like the obstacle for him is I can't do Cause we did like two years ago, we did a whole 30 and he did yeah. great on it. He lost 30 mm-hmm. pounds. We did it for 75 days. It was great. But he never wants to do it again. Yeah. It was like the amount of time mm-hmm. that it took to like eat all plan my meals and go shopping and mm-hmm. you know, just like mentally what he had to overcome to do that. Mm-hmm. It's such an obstacle for him to do again. So he's yep. been hesitant. And I, now I'm just talking about my husband full time. Yeah. He's been so hesitant because he's like, I just enjoy this and it's easy and it's fast and my life is crazy right now. Mm-hmm. So for him, this would be an easier barrier to entry because you're asking less of him. Yep. And it's asking, um, you know, truly whole 30 is asking you to change a lot of things overnight and stay with it for an X period of time. time. With macro tracking, I usually tell my clients, especially my big beginner clients, like you're not going to hit your macros the first two, three, four weeks. Like you're going to like kind of be all over, but it's better than what you were doing. And if we focus on this progress over perfection and truly get that through your husband's head too, like he's going to be far more successful. So maybe it's like, maybe it's like you work in one fast food meal and you like, or you just track it. You just track it. You don't even try to hit macro targets. You're just tracking it. That could be a great first start. Or maybe it's, uh, and I would tell my, my new clients too, it's like, Don't worry about anything other than protein. Try to hit your protein goals because if you Mm. change your meals to have more protein, I guarantee you're going to feel a lot better and you're going to start making different choices at restaurants. Mm -hmm. You're going to make different choices at home. So Mm -hmm. little tiny things like that, or maybe it's like aiming to hit ranges of macros instead of exact gram targets. There's ways to make this break down and make it a lot easier. And I, I, I hope that, you know, I hope that people don't come away from this um, podcast or even just like their experience, their first experience with macros and think that it is, it requires perfection because it absolutely does not. So why does the macro approach work so well? What is it about the three macronutrients that we need in certain proportions? Well, uh, like I said before, it's a matter of kind of like precision. So your body needs a certain amount of protein, a certain amount of fat, and a certain amount of carbohydrates every single day to function optimally. And so if you're using a 
target, like a, like a meal plan or just calorie counting, you're not accounting for that precision. So for example, if you're trying to gain muscle, you're trying to perform really well in your sport of choice, you need a certain amount of protein in order for you to, to, to build that, to actually support recovery and to have enough energy to, to push. And if you're um, not keeping an eyeball on that, you're not going to see results. So um, but by far, that is the biggest you know, reason why a lot of women that I work with, um, they, they work out and they are, they never had a problem with working out, but they don't see, they don't seem, they, they feel like their body doesn't look like they work out. They're like, for all mm-hmm. the time that I put in, like, I just, I don't have any muscle to show for it. And it's probably because they're not focusing on, um, you know, overall calorie intake, but also protein intake. So that's just one example. And then, you know, we can spin off from that with the carbs and fat, you know, carbs really impact our hormonal function. And if we're women, uh, like we are, our body shape and size is all kind of reflective. How we feel, how we perform is all kind of like a a product of how our hormones are. So if you are mm-hmm. not supporting your hormones by eating enough carbs and enough fat, you're not going to see the results that you want. So again, like kind of having an eyeball on, it's way more precise. Um, and yes, your, your body does require all three macronutrients in large amounts every single day. And um, so having, you know, tracking that and um, manipulating that to get the results that you want is just in my mind, I'm as a, like, I'm always about like, how efficiently can we get to the end product? And like macros mm-hmm. represents like the efficient and effective way for you to get there. Instead of you throwing paint at the wall, it's like paint by numbers. That's really what it is. Hmm. So I know people probably ask you this question and I know you're probably going to say it depends, or maybe you don't, I don't know. We'll see what you say, but what is the amount of like, what percent of carbs should a person eat? What percent of fat should a person eat? And how do you know? So what you're referring to is percent of calories coming from protein, fat, and carb. So of your whole entire diet, how much percent should I have of protein, fat, and carb? In my work with people, I'm actually asking them to hit gram goals. So when we Mm -hmm. eat food, um, we are tracking the gram amount of protein, fat, and carb. And yes, this does translate to a percentage, but I just want to make that extremely clear to the audience. Some people, some professionals prescribe percents of the diet and some professionals prescribe grams. I am of the camp that prescribes grams. And um, the reason why I do that is because it's more precise. And for example, if you're eating 1200 calories, 40% of your calories looks a lot different than if you're eating 2000 calories and 40% of that. Mm. So it gets to be kind of messy. I know this we're in audio, so it's like hard to visualize how this might go down. But if you're not getting gram goals, it's very easy to mess up. It's very easy to undereat and overeat because you're just looking at a percent and it's not as exact. So we'll just get that out of the way. Um, as far as a percent of your diet, that's ideal. I'm going to say it depends. There's usually a range. I would say, um, for most people who want to, you know, change their body composition for the better. So having more lean muscle and less body fat, um, you're going to want something between 25 to 30%, 35% of your calories coming from protein. Um, that fat and carb matters a lot less. But if you're doing activity that's more high-intensity interval training, strength training, functional fitness, um, your boot camp classes, things like that, you can't be skimping on carbs. So some people do really well on somewhere around the range of 40 to 50% of carbs. But I have some endurance athletes and people that really, really push themselves um, – and they want to gain weight or they want to maintain weight with their like physical activity. So it's somewhere around 55 or even 60% of their, um, 
their calories coming from carbs. So, and fats are fluctuating too. So less so fats and carbs, they can fluctuate. And that is dependent. Like I said, when I do my macro prescriptions for people, I'm asking them a ton of questions and that relates that, that tells me how I'm going to manipulate their carbs and fats up or down your preferences for food. Like, let's say you're like a avocado and egg yolk and, um, nut junkie. Like I'm not going to give you like a astronomically high carb percent to hit because you're not going to enjoy that way of eating. You're going to enjoy a little bit higher fat, fat percent. And alternatively, like, like I said, those, those activities, those physical activities that require a lot of glycogen or a lot of carbohydrate demand, you're not going to do well with a high fat percent, you know, high fat percent coming, um, you know, in your diet, you're going to want more carbohydrates in your diet, um, to perform at that level. Hmm. That makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. When I, last time I really focused on doing macro tracking, I don't remember, I should look up the percent of carbs I was eating, but are the grams? Oh, I'll tell you the grams. I knew the grams. It was like 200 grams a day. That sounds high, doesn't it? Because you're not, everybody's promoting low carb. That's not high at all. <laughs> well, it, so here's what was interesting though. And especially after I came from a background of like a lot of paleo eating, yeah. it's really difficult mm-hmm. to get those carbs. And I was having gastric issues, like bloating, cramps. I was like, I cannot keep eating all of this. Like I'm going to, it's not, I'm not going to feel good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't so know. So if you're my 150 and even getting 150 each day is hard. Yeah. I would say that that is my experience as well. Like coming before macros, before really honing in on this approach, I was coming from the primal paleo space and it is accidentally low carb. It's not low carb on purpose. It is inadvertently low carb because it's asking you to eat a lot of whole fruits and vegetables. And like we said before, your macro buck is stretched a lot farther with those foods Mm -hmm. because it's just a lower, you know, you can hit that much carbs from peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and candy and, you know, dried fruit and things like that very easily. And, um, a lot of my clients do, but, um, you know, from a whole food, like if you have a lot of, like you're doing no sugar, no dairy, like no grains, it's going to be a lot harder to hit that, that number. So I would just encourage you to maybe expand, um, you know, the foods that you include. So not necessarily like refined processed and packaged food, but for example, like dried fruit, like mangoes or pineapple, or, um, you know, I'm even Mm -hmm. thinking like banana chips, like you can have a very small volume of food and get a lot of carbs in that way. It's no added sugar. It's still technically whole food. It's just in a dried form. So if you're having trouble with hitting that number, I would say maybe just kind of expand what you're eating. Talking about protein. So you, you've mentioned that that is kind of the stable one, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is the one that really focus on So can you eat too much protein? This is a very common myth and I'm happy to say no. (laughs) Um, You know, the only reason why I would say that you, okay, so there's several reasons why this is kind of like a thing. This is a myth in the nutrition world. And it's that, you know, old research might say that we eat so much protein, we will dump it into our urine or we won't use it or it is toxic for our body. Yeah. Hurt our kidneys. Yes. Mm -hmm. We have um, very high quality, like research over the last 20 years at this point that shows, you know, even if if you have healthy kidneys, you're not compromised in any way from your kidney perspective, you can eat 
double, triple your body weight in protein and be completely fine. Your body is an efficient and evolved machine. It will do something with that protein. So it doesn't get wasted. It doesn't get dumped. It doesn't get, you know, that, that these are all words that are used to kind of scare us maybe into a different eating pattern or they're just buzzwords that have just kind of risen to the top of our culture. Um, but no. Um, and especially with the protein amounts that I'm prescribing for most of my general clients, like it, there's no, it's moderate. I wouldn't even call it high. It's just moderate and it's enough so that you're not crowding out the other macros. And that's what I was going to say is like, if your protein intake is so high that it's becoming maybe, maybe even like 40, 50% of your total calories, that leaves you a lot less of your fun macros. Like the fats and carbs mm-hmm. are what make up the rest of your meal. So I would rather mm-hmm. see you eat a little bit less protein enough, but a little less so that you can enjoy your meals, enjoy um, the flavor and the texture and the variety that comes from eating fats and carbs. Yeah. So speaking of flavor and texture and variety, what are some of your favorite meals that you go to? Well, I guess I'm like, I guess I'm a huge brunch fan. So if you have a brunch plans, I'm there. <laughs> like, um, so I'm like a huge fan of like a runny golden yolk, um, love breakfast potatoes, love yeah. bacon. I love, um, you know, like a breakfast scramble or hash. So that's, you know, big for me, but I'm also like, you know, as a, as somebody that's like a busy business owner and I live alone and I'm making a lot of like big bowls. So burrito bowls are huge for me. And from a macro tracking perspective, this is so easy because I can manipulate the ingredients, maybe high fat one day, it's sour cream and cheese and guacamole, or maybe high carb another day where it's beans and maybe even lentils. Maybe I'm throwing, um, some like mango salsa or something on top. So yes, it's very, you know, the way that I eat is very manipulatable on purpose because I do track my macros, um, most of the time, but I'd say, yeah, big for me would probably be burrito bowls, tacos, like mostly a lot of Mexican food, um, brunch food. Um, but I do love to get my greens in. And so I'm making salads, um, with a lot of variable ingredients as well. Now, what about, do you work with your clients on food timing or do you really focus on the macros? So when it comes to what matters in someone's diet, timing is probably way, way later, like not, Mm. not something that matters. So total calories and total macronutrients in your 24 hours is what matters most. So that eliminates a conversation about how many meals you should have per day. It eliminates the food timing conversation. It eliminates like a meal plan conversation. It's like, I only want you to focus on getting a well-rounded meals across your whole 24 hours that meet your macro needs. Once we get that down, which takes time because it's planning, prepping, logging, tracking, all of that stuff takes time to learn and get really nailed down. Then we might play with some nutrient timing stuff. And so you have to earn the right to get there. And I always tell this to clients, like they want to focus on the things that are like nice and fancy, but those are not going to give you the results. Um, Mm. We're talking about the icing on the cake. Um, When it comes to nutrient timing, there is maybe something to be said about like pre and post workout meals, um, you know, having energy for and recovery from meals. Um, I, you know, from workouts, I mean, um, and then, you know, from the perspective of maybe trying fasting, um, you know, comparative to your goals, we want to like make sure that um, fasting or going long periods of time without eating aligns with what you want because lean muscle gain and fat loss require eating um, and eating in regular intervals. So if you're fasting or taking time off from eating, you might be hindering your goal to to do that. Mm. How long 
So to summarize, starting with macros is a great place to begin. Yes. But how long do you think it takes before people begin to see results? Oh, that's a great question. So when I work with brand new clients, my conversation with them is basically like in the first four weeks that you work with me, that you're changing your diet, you're starting to get used to macro tracking. You're not going to be perfect. Like all the stuff is changing. You can expect to feel different. So you might feel more full. You're less hangry. You sleep better. You show up for your workouts differently. So we're really focusing on qualitative measures mm-hmm. and outcomes. Mm-hmm. I will not say you'll lose weight, gain weight, lose fat. I, I'm not even going to have a conversation. If you do, great. But like, we're not talking about that. The thing that matters most is that your body feels safe in order to change. Even though mm-hmm. you have aesthetic goals, your body is interested in managing your hormones and keeping you breathing and like sleeping well and all that stuff. And if you've coming from a background where um, that hasn't been so. You've been chronically under eating or oscillating between overeating and under eating, binge eating, things like that. We're really changing a lot of stuff in the beginning. So I want you to focus on the qualitative measures almost exclusively. Like I said, if it happens, if other things happen at the same time, great. But like, that's not the focus. Then maybe in the four to six to eight week range is when we start to see your body change, especially if your macro prescription is right. Um, it's set, let's say most commonly it's set for a slight deficit. You want to lose a little bit of body fat while gaining muscle, because that is the ideal way to kind of improve your metabolism, improve your hormones, um, improve your body shape and size. You might start to see some fat loss from your midsection or your hips and thighs, wherever you store weight primarily is where you're going to lose it first. And for most of my strength training female clients, they're usually seeing more loss from their trunk area and less of a loss from their legs and, you know, butt, glutes, uh, maybe shoulders because they're lifting. And so it's normal to kind of see some areas of your body lose faster than others. Mm -hmm. What about, so in thinking of macro tracking and what you were just saying about like the cycles of overeating or undereating or binge eating. So people who now they're working from home, like they're by their food all Mm -hmm. of the time. When you're macro tracking, do you think that it helps control feeling hungry more maybe because you're around food all the time? And I guess I'm asking a couple of questions. So like how to control cravings, but also when do you know to trust your body that you're actually hungry versus you're having a craving? Mm, Good question. So I guess I would say cravings are a result of um, biochemical things happening in the body and also psychological things happening in the body. So when you want to control cravings or manage your cravings, we got to look at both from a biochemical standpoint. If you're eating well-balanced meals that have protein, fat, and carb in them, you're eating enough, you know, you should not, you might not experience a craving, which would be a result of like high blood sugars and then low blood sugars or Mm -hmm. like under eating, you know, you're going to, your body's going to tell you to eat. So if we can manage that, which macro tracking can, you're going to have more balanced meals. You're going to be eating enough. If we can wipe that off as like a variable in your cravings, we got to look at the other side. If you're still experiencing, experiencing cravings. So the other side being psychological, are you bored? Are you stressed? Are you angry? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what are you masking 
by eating food because your brain is very smart. It's going to say, I know that I feel very lit up and happy when I have fats and carbs. It doesn't feel that way when you eat celery and carrots. <laughs> and so, um, the brain being as smart as it is or being as evolved as it is, is basically saying, I don't like feeling uncomfortable. I don't like this feeling of stress. I don't like boredom. I don't like anger. I don't like this hard conversation. I don't like quarantine. I don't like working and managing my kids at the same time. I need something to mask that feeling. And that is crackers and chips and cookies and, you know, high fat Mexican food for me. So, um, if you can start to pull yourself away and look maybe like more objectively at what's going on, I would say, um, yes, macro tracking can probably, um, address the biochemical reason why you might be um, experiencing cravings. But if you don't work on the psychological part and channeling your emotions, coping appropriately, that craving is still going to exist. Does that make sense? Mm. It does. Do you see that coming up with the clients you work with? Absolutely. So we, you know, it becomes very, um, my questionnaire, my health assessment, when we first start working together is very in depth about coping mechanisms. And people might think that's odd for a dietitian to be talking about that. Like, where does your stress, where do you perceive your stress to be coming from? And what are your coping mechanisms? And if they're answering one thing, which is usually exercise, we have a lot of work to do. Um, you can't jump on a treadmill or jump into a boot camp class when you're feeling acutely stressed or acutely um, angry or, or something. So, um, we have to talk about ways that we, um, can cope appropriately. And there's so many things that we can do. And that is a, a, a large part of my work with people because I want you to be better off after we're done working together. I want you to, um, be like, like so secure in your eating pattern and like so secure in managing your health habits that you don't have to hire somebody else ever again for this stuff. So it does mm-hmm. require us looking at, um, you know, your coping mechanisms pretty hard. You know, and that's huge, Emily, because people will spend countless hours, I mean, thousands of hours Mm -hmm. watching things or reading articles, doing the whole like, let me try this diet, that diet, and thousands of dollars on different foods or supplements or programs or whatever. And it's like, they can never find one that works. So I love what you said about, I want people to end their relationship with me and be good Mm -hmm. and feel in control of it. Because I think, I know for me, like if I can feel in control of my eating and how I feel about myself, then I will feel better in life. Absolutely. I can only control me and what Mm -hmm. I eat. So Mm -hmm. if I feel out of control there, everything else feels out of control. But if Mm -hmm. I feel in control, then it's so much better. Well, I want, I just basically frame it up. Like I, you are an amazing human that has so many gifts to give to the world. You do not need to be like, your brain does not need to be preoccupied with food and like, Mm -hmm. what will I be following? And can I trust Mm -hmm. myself? So I, I know that your like genius zone is not managing your nutrition, it's mine. So like pat Mm -hmm. that up on me, let me be your North star so that we can get you to a place where you are happy and healthy in this gray area of not following rules, but also not eating like you disrespect yourself and you know what makes you tick. Like that's what I I guess I'd say. That's my specialty is helping people create a very healthy middle gray ground because nobody teaches that anymore. You're either off the plan or on the plan and people don't trust themselves. And so they gravitate to more rules and more deprivation and more 
strict um, over and over again. So I, my goal is for you to operate in this world with the gifts and talents that you have and to like free up your brain space to be in a powerful, powerful businesswoman. And um, if I can help you do that from like a food approach, because like we really worked on it hard for six months, like that is, that's huge. I was doing your, uh, so you have an awesome guide that we're going to share with the listeners on. It's kind of a self processed guide where they can go through and understand, you know, how many calories they need a day. And, you know, they input their, um, how active they are, which I have a question about, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's great because it helps this beginning point. It's a great like entry point for Mm -hmm. this could be the amount of macros that you need in each area. Mm -hmm. Um, but do you ever recommend for your clients? Cause as I was doing it this morning, it, you know, I was calculating my just basal metabolic rate. Now I'm looking at it again and the amount of calories I just need per day. And it says 2,200 calories. Like if I'm not trying to lose weight, 2,200 calories. And then I did the whole part of if I'm trying to lose weight, you know, it might be 1,800 calories that I eat a day. And I thought, but what if, and this is crazy. This might be normal to you, but for me, I'm like, this is the craziest thought I've had in weeks. What if I didn't try and lose weight? Like, what if I just ate the 2,200 calories uh-huh. and just stayed there? Do you ever recommend to your clients of like, just eat your base? Yep. <laughs> More often than not, because especially if they're coming to me, likely they have lived in a deficit. They lived under eating. Like you, you know, this like accidentally or on purpose under eating, this number feels so high to you because you have been under eating probably for a really long time or oscillating between periods of under eating and then way overeating to overcompensate. Cause you're so hungry. Yeah. So yes. Um, when I more often than not, probably nine times out of 10, I'm starting someone at their baseline macros, baseline calories. And we just, from a process goal standpoint, so having no expectations on what's going to happen with weight or whatever, um, we don't set a goal weight, we don't set a goal size, we don't set a goal shape, we're just obsessed with the process. And what can happen if you eat your macros and show up in this world with enough energy, what happens? And usually you perform better. So you push harder in the gym or you sleep better. So you make better decisions on food or you like, don't feel hangry all the time. So you don't lash out at your husband. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like what happens when you actually fuel yourself appropriately and stop focusing on cutting and leaning and being smaller. Um, I think there's so much power in that. And unfortunately I can't reach out and tell you that through this like downloadable guide, but I feel like I try to do a really good job of saying like, if you have these goals, like do not set a calorie deficit, like just eat them, just eat to your needs and let's see what happens. And don't pass judgment on like how much food is appropriate for you. I think that is probably the number one thing. And you'll probably find mm-hmm. out there'll be a follow-up email that comes to you here in the next couple of days. Cause you downloaded mm-hmm. it. It'll, it'll say, do you feel like this calorie intake is super high? That's normal because you mm-hmm. have been sold a 1200 calorie lie and you right. cannot live on 1200 calories. You can't live on 1500 calories, especially if you are an active, um, you know, an active person, so an active female. Oh my gosh. I love everything you're saying. I like, I I got chills when you said the 1200 calorie line, like, because we have, we totally have just decrease your calories, decrease your calories. Well, here's the deal Um, on that though. It's like that produces results. And so if you're desperate and you mm. need results tomorrow, that will produce Mm -hmm. it. So these people, um, practitioners, programs, plans, all that are filling a need. They're a business and they're filling a need. Your problem is that you are overweight and they are helping you not be overweight 
as soon as possible. So it's not like we can blame them for doing that. My perspective is that if you have goals other than weight loss, and if you have goals for longevity and sustainability and consistency in your habits, 1200 calories won't work, but there's not another person or not another planner program. That doesn't sound sexy. It doesn't sound sexy to just eat what you need. <laughs> like, yeah. eat, like, so like that may not sell like hotcakes, like these other plans and programs and stuff like that, but it's truly like so freeing. And once you let that go mm-hmm. and you're just like, what, it, what would happen if I just support my body? What would happen if I just, if like my body wasn't angry at me anymore because I was not feeding it enough? Like we don't ignore yeah. hydration. We don't ignore sleep. Um, why do we think that we can just like, um, drink away how hungry we are or like drink away, like, you know, with, with water, not alcohol. I'm just saying like, we just like cover up our hunger with, with uh, a couple of al- almonds. Like that, that's like the diet culture that we're sold, but that's not, you know, your body is, needs a lot more than that. I love this. Mm-hmm. How else do you work with clients? So I have, so we've briefly touched on my one-on-one coaching, which is uh, mm-hmm. a longer term relationship and very high touch. Um, mm-hmm. I also have a, a course called macros made easy, which is basically your, your DIY. Like I'm going to teach you how the, how to do the macros approach and make it sustainable in your life. So you may have heard about macros. You may have experience with other plans and programs, but I noticed that there was a huge gap in the skill building part of this. Like, how do you weigh and measure your food? Like, how do you track it? Like all those questions that kind of come up when you're starting to track macros, like it's all answered in macros made easy. So it's like an awesome, like login portal modules, worksheets, downloadables, things like that. And you have lifetime access to that content. And some, my pride and joy. I love that course. Um, and then I have several, um, other like lower cost and free resources on my website. The one that you referenced is the DIY guide that you can find your macros. You know, I, it's kind of explaining with my formula, you're putting in a lot of variables. It's not just height, weight, and bull weight. It is a lot of, yeah. I'm asking you a lot of questions. So you can get very targeted at what your macro prescription should be. If you don't want to do the math yourself, or you feel like you have a very complicated health situation, you can hire me and my team to set your macros for you. I love that service. Um, being able to give uh, recommendations to you. And I will call out if you got some hormone or gut health or, you know, maybe some inflammatory issues that we need to be working on. I'm not going to like do this in a vacuum. I'm not going to give you your numbers and bounce. Like I really want you to um, kind of see this holistically and and know how you can change your health uh, with like other practitioners or other resources that might be outside of my um, expertise. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. And like I said, I think everyone should down the, download this macro guide because it's, first of all, just super easy to understand. It has yeah. examples of meals you can eat. And just like you said, you're, you're providing options of here's what, here's what some foods could look like. Here's the, you know, how it all goes together. Here's what portion sizes can look like. And so it's just super helpful, especially for people just entering into this and they're like, I'm overwhelmed. I don't even know where to start. It's a great. This is where you start. This is where you start. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Where you start. So where can people find you? So I'm best found on Instagram. That's where I'm doing most of my education and teaching. So follow me at Emily Field RD on Instagram. Um, If you like my approach there, you like how I teach on stories, you're going to get along really well in my business and all of my offerings. So I always tell people to go there. It's like my front door. Um, But you can also go to emilyfieldrd.com. And that's where you're going to find a ton of downloadables, blogs, content. You'll find the Macros Made Easy course. You can also apply for coaching there. So um, if you want to move forward in that way or just like really, really sink your teeth into this uh, macro stuff, emilyfieldrd.com would be to go. Well, Emily, I love what you do. I love your approach and just 
caring for the body. Like let's just care for the whole body, Mm -hmm. do what's best for it. So props to you on creating such a great, great site, great resources for people um, and for doing, for doing what you do. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great to be able to talk about this stuff. Here are my three key pies takeaways from today's episode. The first one is this. There is no one size fits all perfect diet that is going to work for every single person. In fact, this whole conversation about macros and eating for your macros and following that type of plan may not work for you. But instead, what I would like you to do is listen to it, analyze it, and see if it's something you want to try. I'm a huge advocate of implementing things for a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months, and testing it on yourself, seeing how it makes you feel, and then going forward from there. My key pies takeaway number two is that your food and what you choose to eat should not terrify you. I shared in a couple of podcasts back about my struggle with disordered eating and how I definitely got to the point where I became scared to eat gluten or sugar or dairy. And while those things for me don't make me feel good when I eat them, the fear mindset that was accompanied with that was more detrimental to me and my health than the foods would have been if I had just eaten them. I want you to keep that in mind every time you hear about a new diet or you're following a new plan or anything that you're assessing in terms of what you're eating. I want you to think of it through the lens of, am I doing this because I believe it's going to be better for me? Or am I doing this because I'm terrified of what might happen if I don't? And if you answer the last question with, I'm scared, I'm terrified, I don't want to do it because of the fear of the repercussions, then I want you to lean into that and find the truth of the matter. And my key pies takeaway number three is to realize that no matter where you are on your journey, the things that we even talked about in today's episode with protein and fats and carbs and being able to even go and download Emily's guide and seeing what your macro breakdown might be. Remember, these are guides. These are starting points, but it's also making you a better person. It's making you even more attractive physically, intellectually, especially those two, as you are diving in and learning more about food, about how it affects your body and knowing for you, what works and what doesn't work. So remember to be smart about this and always consult your own doctor or healthcare provider because I am not and you need to go and make sure that you are being smart for you and your body. Always run it by your doctor first just to make sure. If you want to get Emily's free guide, then be sure to go to emilyfieldrd.com. That's Emily, F-I-E-L-D, just field, no S, emilyfieldrd.com. And you can get that free guide emailed directly to you. It's beautiful. It's easy to use. I absolutely love the layout of it. And I believe it's simply a starting point for your lifelong health journey. Go get your free attraction assessment at itstartswithattraction.com. In this assessment, you will be able to self-assess yourself in all four areas of attraction to see the areas in which you could use the most growth and to identify the areas that you are already slaying it. Go get your free guide at itstartswithattraction.com. 
Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Remember to go and subscribe to this podcast and leave an honest review. I love to hear from you guys. So be sure to go and do that. And it will also help more people find the podcast as well. You can always find out more information by going to itstartswithattraction.com for show notes, for updates, and to join the email list so that every Friday you can get an encouraging email that specifically tells you what you can do to work on your pies so that you can become the best that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. Until next week, keep working on your pies and stay strong.